Thanks for downloading this IMSA Radio podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be broadcast, reproduced, or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by visiting imsaradio.com or search for IMSA Radio wherever they get their podcasts. Michelin Pilot Challenge on IMSA Radio, part of the Radio Show Limited Network. Jeremy Shaw is alongside me, John Hindoff, in the Global Broadcast Centre. Good afternoon, Jeremy, and how are you? Fabulous, thank you very much. I had a bite, to, a bite of lunch and then had a wander around the, uh, the paddock a little bit, saw a few people, met a couple of new, new guys, including uh, young Nick Schaefer, who's, who made his debut in this championship at um, Indianapolis last time out. We weren't there at Indianapolis. Uh, didn't get a chance to see him there, but uh, 18 years of age, college student. Yeah, just So this is his second race weekend, driving with Pete Mercier, who's been around this sport a long, long time, oh, yeah. but chatting to Pete just there. He's, his last sort of major professional race was Sebring in, in either 2018 or 19. He couldn't quite remember, so I'll, I'll sort of dig that up and find out for sure. But uh, nice show, man, and driving the, uh, the older... Stephen Cameron racing, or ex-Stephen Cameron racing, BMW M4 GT4. Just, uh, you know, learning, steep learning curve for, that, for, the, for the pair of them, to be honest. But, uh, you know, getting to grips with this series. And, uh, you know, we had it with one practice session yesterday, first free practice yesterday. Fastest of all, much to his teammates' chagrin, actually, was Owen Trinkler in the Team TGM <laughs> Aston Martin Number 64, both the Plum brothers weren't too impressed with that. Trinkler was actually born here, though, wasn't he? Yeah, I well, mean, this yeah. is the track he's been to most. He, <laughs> he lives up in Nashville, which is not that far away. But his youth, uh, his, his infancy uh, spent down here. I think this is probably the track that he's been to uh, most in his life. And he, and he is the most experienced uh, yeah. driver in the field. He's a 190th start, it will be wow. this weekend, or... Approximately, so that's good in my reckoning. He's not arguing with that. Um, <laughs> dating back to uh, 2001 and the the grand am iteration of, of what is now the Michelin Pilot Challenge. Let's uh, head down at the pit lane for Joe Bradley this afternoon. Afternoon, Mr. B. Where are you? Uh, good afternoon, John. Good afternoon, Jeremy. And good afternoon, everyone. Um, we are in the pit lane, ready for the Michelin Pilot Challenge to get underway for a practice session that is kind of important. Uh, we've got dry, completely consistent dry conditions now here at the track. And I think the forecast I've seen is for no further rain this weekend, dare I say it. And you know, John, we get excited. I can't believe you've just said I just that, have Bradley. said it. I know, I can't Hashtag believe that. blame Bradley. Okay. Hashtag blame Bradley at IMSA Radio. I'll take full responsibility. We're in the entertainment business, so a little bit of water doesn't uh, uh, spoil our job. What I will say is that we're all getting very excited about the championship coming down to this final round. However, you've got to consider that the drivers, the teams, and more importantly, the engineers, they've got their heads are in the moment. They've got to focus on their cars being set up, their cars being readied for a race. That's effectively a sprint race here this weekend at Road Atlanta. Um, and let's get the thoughts of my colleague, my, my, my errant colleague, who's just appeared in the pit lane now. Let's have a word with Nick Damon. Nick, what's your thoughts? Didn't know I was errant. I thought I was just uh, missing for a minute there. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's amazing. I mean, obviously, this is the second race that we have covered this year, uh, the first one being and Daytona. Of course, very, very different. They have their own pit lane. They have their own pit purchase. It's uh, you know, this, this weird situation. Well, it's weird or unique, perhaps, 
double um, pit lane, left and right. The right-hand side is for where well, the left-hand side here, the old uh, pit lane, I believe, is for the Michelin Pilot Challenge. But it does give you a chance to really see the team. Teams get to start to see their cars much more easily and they have a permanent setup. But of course, the person who really knows all about this championship is uh, young Shay Adam. Hello, Nick. Hello, Joe. Hello, John and Jeremy. Nice to uh, be in the booth with you guys for this session. Uh, practice for the Michelin Pilot Challenge. It's the second one of them for the weekend for these guys. And the number one thing I'm watching out for, are the BMWs quicker today than they were yesterday? Because BMW leads the championship in terms of the driver's championship, the number 96 Turner Motorsports BMW, Finn Barletta and Robbie Foley. But yesterday, they were well down the charts. Uh, yes, but we, what do we know from those teams is that when they need to perform, they they will perform. It's it's not as if you they're are, bereft of information around. This no, place. but uh, some balance of performance changes coming into this weekend. Uh, the cars were, if you remember, a couple of races ago, uh, Road America in particular, lesser degree at uh, VIR two, they were really fast on the straights. Uh, they've been pegged back. They've got a a uh, one less powerful power stick. There's a there's a variety of power sticks which give them the, the amount of boost basically the the, 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 the engines uh, and horsepower the engines can produce. That's been they've been pegged back twice now, including for this final round. So they're certainly losing out on straight line speed compared to where they were. And um, speaking to a couple of teams this morning, braking has never been their strongest suit either. They reckon so. Interesting. It's a bit of you know bit of an issue around here around here in particular so yeah languishing down a bit in charts yesterday but you know it's that they haven't run with this configuration so there's you know, there's some, some things they can optimize and hopefully get themselves a little bit further to the front plus they're hoping that that the car will have the consistency at the end of a long run and of course that's that could be critical at the end of a two-hour race uh we have got a track temperature at the highest we've seen today 75 fahrenheit 76, sorry, 66 Fahrenheit uh, in the air. So that's what about uh, getting up to 18, 19 uh, Celsius. Can we swap those round? Can it be 76 in the air? That'd be nice. <laughs> You're in the booth. Stop complaining. I, I'm not complaining. I'm, I'm just wishful thinking. It is still very windy out there, though. There's quite a headwind coming down the front straight. So that will have an impact on the cars. Two of the cars out on the racetrack that are running around together are the Stephen Cameron BMWs, and it is important to note, one of those is the new car. That would be the number 43. The 77 is the old car. So we have the F82 and the G82 for the same team. Yeah, uh, F being the older car, G being further through the alphabet is new. Um, most manufacturers at work like that. I'm hearing from the pit lane that Joe Bradley has discarded his, uh, his jacket. So the sun is coming out. And, yep, we have actually got sunshine in the Global Broadcast Centre. Right on cue. Right on cue. Still overcast. Uh, clouds uh, dark-ish, but they are moving at high level, so there must be some wind up there as well. So we'll take this at the moment and, uh, and speak no more of the weather until and if, uh, until and unless it, uh, it interferes. The... Uh, as soon as the sun comes out, the track temperature will, of course, go up a little bit. This is an hour-long session. We've already had a penalty for the uh, number 74 for pit lane uh, speed limit violation. Daily Motorsports with one of their Hyundai Elantras. Uh, yes. 
which they'll not be happy with. Jordan, uh, it's Jordan Wisely and uh, Jacob Cabot, Daly. Uh, oh, it's Cabot, uh, it's Cabot, Cabot Bigger yeah. in that car this weekend in the Elantra. Uh, Sport the Jacob's dad yesterday. Uh, no, not yesterday, Tuesday. Um, had a long chat with him. He was uh, interested in the car that we were driving. And, well, then we ended up talking about motor racing. And he said this has been a tough year for them, but it's been a year that they have really um, sort of relished that, that challenge. And they will be back to compete again, already making plans for, for next year. Good. I mean, it was exactly a year ago they made that, that team made its debut. Correct. That was a tour in the water, he said to me. Yeah. So we weren't really sure. Yeah. But we thought, okay, how hard can it be, he thought, <laughs> when they went in for a two-car team. And his answer to me on Tuesday was very hard indeed. Yeah. But they, they, look, they've done that now. They've made that first leap. And fair play to them. And uh, I said to him on, uh, on Tuesday, look, without people like you preparing all right dip a toe in and then throw yourself in head first for the next season without people doing that we don't have a sport yeah simple as oh and it's been a couple of years since uh, rockwell autosport development did the exact same exactly thing exactly the same thing decided to come out here to see how it was and now they're hooked at imsa radio by the way if you'd like to get in touch with us um, i'll keep an eye on that as it comes in Good to have your company. Uh, a 98.1 FM is Road Atlanta. Uh, Road Atlanta FM. Uh, Nick Damon is down in the pit lane. Yeah, I've seen a couple of Honda engines problems. The 73 car, which is the LA Honda World Racing, they've pulled that in and they're having a big old stare, that kind of death stare when you, you're trying to work out just by looking at what seems like a perfectly sealed engine, what the problem is. Um, also, another Honda engine problem down at Wynwood Racing. And you're saying, hang on a second, Wynwood Racing uh, run Mercedes. No, it's their generator. Uh, they've taken the whole <laughs> thing to pieces. Uh, and they're having a, a good look at the, uh, the spark plug. But at the moment, they are a Honda generator down, but the car itself going around very nicely. Uh, just before we start getting some meaningful times in, just being announced downstairs, uh, this is actually WeatherTech news, but um, lots of breaking news this week, so we'll bring it to you as it happens. Ford Performance and Multimatic to bring two GT3 cars to IMSA. We knew about that. In one car, it will be Joey Hand and Dirk Muller. I was talking to Dirk a little while ago. Dirk will be at the Nürburgring tomorrow afternoon for some testing um, they of course uh, battled together in the Ford GT and BMW uh, yes however it, um, they uh, they won the GT Pro Class at, uh, at Daytona and Harry Tinknell coming back to Ford having been in the World Endurance Championship throughout the span of the Ford GT program uh, he'll be driving with Mike Rockenfeller who will come to the Ford GT Pro in IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship next year that's a pretty sturdy pair of cars there, endurance drivers to be named uh, I, I, interesting to see what Harry's other commitments will be and, and whether he gets to do some WEC because there's a lot of clashes next year um, I think five events clash next year on the two calendars, so it makes it very difficult. But th those are two pretty stout 
uh, pretty stout uh, driver lineups they've gone for experience all the details on the Ford Performance website that press release just been uh, uh, been sent out yeah, I mean the press conference is going on right now it started uh, off uh, as this session kicked off yeah the, I think they did they did something downstairs oh, first they? before okay. they went into in the major suite got it um, and also announced this morning as the uh, full season entries for next year's IMSA World Tech Sports Car Championship. Mm. 48 full season entries. Well, we were talking about that yeah, this morning. Exactly. The people on, on, a, now on a waiting confirmed. list yeah. for that. Oh, yeah. Uh, and 57 car fuel expected for the Michelin Endurance Cup. 57. They've got the, uh, the uh, list of entries here in GTP. There's uh, uh, 10 full time cars. I think it's the same 10 as we have now, with the exception of the Maya Shank. Uh, Acura becomes a second Wayne Taylor Racing with Andretti Autosport to Acura. Other than that, it's the same. There's, I think there was 12 LMP2 uh, cars. I did say we'd have... I thought we would um, have a dozen. Yeah, il- yeah 11... I think it's 11 full season and one uh, for the Endurance Cup. That'd be the AF Corsa yes. entry. Uh, so there's uh, United, two for United Autosports, one for CrowdStrike Racing, one for Tower Motorsports, only one for TDS by the looks of it. Uh, Era well, Motorsport, yes, High Class Racing, Sean Creech Motorsports, PR1 Matheson Motorsports, one car, Riley, one car, and AO Racing, mm-hmm. one car. Uh, um, GTD Pro, there are uh, 13 entries of which. Uh, only three, I think, are anything but full season. So ten full season entries next year then for GTD Pro. And in GTD, they're looking at uh, 17 cars committed for the entire season wow. and four additional cars for the Michelin Endurance Cup. Uh, bring your own uh, liquid soap and shoe horns uh, yeah. for the paddocks there. Well start thinking about your tickets now if you can get to one of those races because that's going to be some spectacle yeah the the, the, the GGD Pro then uh, we already knew that uh, Paul Miller Racing is stepping up into the Pro category next year two cars of course from Corvette Racing by Pratt Miller Motorsports that's already been announced you just talked about the two Ford Multimatic Motorsports entries in addition to that uh, returnees from FAF Motorsports Vassar Sullivan Arter Racing Team uh, and uh, and then additional entries for AO Racing and uh, Kelly Moss as well. And then the, the four Endurance Cup entries for Iron Lynx, Risi Competizione, Sun Energy 1, uh, those, those are the three. three. Those are the three, yeah. So. Interesting that they don't denote which manufacturers each of those teams are going with. They don't specify uh, in any of the classes. I think that's something worth keeping an eye on, and that will be a story as we develop into 2024 in that season. Um, but just before we go too far away, because I know Nick Damon mentioned the 73 LA Honda World Honda. Yesterday, they barely got out for any running at all because of electrical reasons. So, Nick, just maybe don't saunter too far away from that car, if you would. And um, we'll head down to Joe Bradley, actually, who's at BMW and with Robert McGuinness. Yeah, Robert, you're in the 95. Don't go away, Dad. You're in the 95 this weekend. Is there anything that you can assist your teammate with regards to the championship? You know, um, we're just going to drive the best race we can. And if we're in a position to, you know, give the 95 a couple more points, then, you know, we'll do what we have to do. I think the biggest thing is just 
getting the most out of it, getting good data. You know, we'll try some different things on both cars and work together to get it done because that's that's the prime objective here is to get that 96 championship. You know, we guys in the media, we, we, we come into a round like this, we get excited about the championship, but you guys are in the moment, aren't you? You just have to focus. Yeah, yeah, we just have to focus on executing the race the best we can. And if there's a way to help the 96, then that's what we're going to do. But, uh, but I'm excited. I love Red Atlanta, the finale. Everybody normally goes from 100% to 105%. And so that's going to be fun racing out there. And it is a fabulous track here, isn't it? One of my favorites, for sure. Now, Robert, I, I learned something about you. I think it was Sebring. Um, John, you like this. Robert actually has black and white blood flowing through his veins because his dad, Gary McGinnis, who sat next to him, who I'm going to bring into this conversation, played professional football for Newcastle in the era of Gaza. Now, this is probably completely irrelevant to people in the stands, but Gary, I want to talk to you. Firstly, um, you've brought your son up in a really, really uh, horrible way and forcing him to support Newcastle all the way out here in the United States. Yeah, when, when he turned out to be terrible at kicking a ball, it was a big disappointment <laughs> for the whole family. So, you know, we hoped he'd play for Newcastle, but I guess Will Turner and Turner Motorsports is not a bad second option for him. John Gary here is from Jarrow. I've just been chatting to him, and he had a Geordie accent, and now he's completely lost that the moment I put a microphone underneath his nose. Where's your Geordie accent gone from two seconds ago? Uh, a few pints of brown ale, it'll come right back. <laughs> right, he has. Yeah, I've not, he was... Uh, so you were in you were in the side in the, in the Gaza years. I mean, they were they were quite exciting times, weren't they? Uh, they were. Yeah, I was the defensive midfield player, so I would win the ball, give it to Gaza, and then stand back and watch them. So it was exciting for me to watch Gaza from behind. You can hear it in that talk. You can just hear it, can't you, John? Just that little bit of Geordie coming through. Hey, it's great to speak to you guys. Great to speak to you, Gary. And uh, congratulations on, on the team and all of that success and whatever. Robert, back to the race. Um, we wish you guys all the very best. I know well, this session this afternoon, you're kind of just finding your feet. Anything particular that you guys are looking for today? You know, the BMW seem to be a little bit on the back foot with the BOP. So it's just we need everything to be so perfect, so fine-tuned for us to have a shot at at winning this thing. So uh, we are just going to do as many changes as we can. We're going to try everything to make sure there's no stone left unturned here. But uh, I get to drive at Road Atlanta, so I'm just going to enjoy it and have fun. And, you know, there's nowhere better. Big smile on your face. Thanks, Robert. An accomplished fencer, too, is uh, young Robert, <laughs> before he was uh, into the racing. Really? Yeah. I'll, t I'll, take, that. I'll take you. Uh, I'll take your word uh, for that. Right, let's... Uh, Shea sets Nick a task a moment or two ago to find out what was going on down at uh, the number 73 at Honda World. And Ryan Eversley, for whom this might well be his... Uh, last race for Honda. He's coming to the end of his contract, Nick. Uh, he's Nick's dug uh, Ryan out to find out what the issues were yesterday and whether they've been solved with that Honda. Bonnet up, lots of things being unscrewed, a big interesting piece of equipment lying at my feet that's being removed, and this is after problems yesterday. What have been the problems today and yesterday? Yeah, we thought we found a uh, boost sensor loose on the series-mandated boost monitor, and uh, apparently it wasn't that, so now we've got the boost actuator out. That's the part that's on the ground right there, which this is the same motor as the old car, basically, so it shouldn't be a thing. So we're really not sure. They're checking spark plugs, checking everything, but it's real unfortunate. I've got a million miles around here, so I'm not worried about the race if the car's running fine. But Mike you know, hasn't been here in a minute, and we need to knock the rest off him and 
unfortunately, we're sitting over here with the hood up, so not a great start to the weekend. Means the car completely undrivable, just down on power at this point. No, it's like it basically is like hitting a limp mode. So it's it's. I mean, it wouldn't even be fast enough to stay out there without causing a, a yellow or something. So yeah, we got to get it right, or we can't can't race tomorrow. Coming to yourself, Ryan. Um, you know, many many years as a as a Honda driver, yeah. the, the the word in the paddock is this could be the last one. Is that a fact? Yeah, I imagine I'll race Acuras and Hondas in the future, but uh, this will be my last race with HPD, and uh, disappointed to say that, but it is what it is, and uh, we move forward. I've already got people calling me about next year, so that's really, really nice, but uh, yeah, I'd love to end it on a high note here at my home track in front of all these fans and give the LA Honda World guys a great, great result, but we're going to have to get through this problem first. Thanks, Ron. Ryan Eversley down there, who's he's, he's had a difficult month, Jeremy. I mean, he lost his uh, puppy unexpectedly, Franklin Beans, passing a couple Aww. weeks ago as a result of a not great surgery. Uh, so our, our thoughts are with Ryan, for sure, for losing such a valued little family member. And now to be going out of the racing season, not getting any practice in this L.A. Honda world, as he says, thankfully, he's got enough laps around this place that I'm sure he could drive it backwards and upside down if need be but uh well, not tied behind his back always uh, yeah. but mike lamara uh, not a guy i worry about getting laps either I'm pretty sure he won here back in was it 2018 or so um in an st car so he's an accomplished driver in his own right and that doesn't mean that they don't need the practice it just means that if there were people to not be getting the practice perhaps it's not the end of the weekend for these two uh, what was the times like yesterday 25.9. was the fastest time yesterday. Oh, right. 25.942. That was by Owen Trinkler. Right in the dying moments of the session. Yeah, and right up the until end. then, it had been Spencer Pompelli Indeed. at the top of the charts. And, well, he's right there again. Yeah, the 26.1 was Spencer's time from yesterday. 26.2 he has done today. That car currently in the pits. That's number 83 BGB Motorsports Porsche 718. The thing as it was yesterday, though, John, is the car in third position right now is Hattori Motorsport. Seth Lucas put in some very good times in practice yesterday. Billy Johnson, we know, can pull out the good times. If that is the true pace of that Toyota, they could be looking at a perfect season as far as Michelin Pilot Challenge is concerned. They did the race at CTMP, pole and win. Oh, yes, that's right. They've already played here once. Exactly. um, Oh, yes, of course. (laughs) At the moment, they are batting 1,000. Correct. Paul of uh, class victory. Yeah, yep. very good. Very good indeed. Also, of course, uh, we are... Uh, we've been talking about the beginnings of next year. We're talking about ends of eras as well. Ryan, obviously there, but also the end of an era for the Chevrolet Camaro GT4R. Mm. Frank Depew out there uh, at the moment. Actually, he's just pulled the Rebel Rock Racing Urban Grid car into the pit lane. Uh, that car's had great speed towards the second half of the season and has turned that into some results. It's put them on a championship run, really. They're right there now, Jeremy. Rebel Rock, yeah, absolutely right. Yeah, I mean, absolutely in the thick of it. Just just a few points back uh, in uh, in the uh, Rebel Rock car. 60 points back with uh, you know, 200, 350 points up for grabs here. And she was talking about Mike Lamara. Two wins he's had here at Road Atlanta. Oh, goodness. He won, uh, yes, in 2018. Uh, also won on his way to the championship with Terry Borchella. Who I saw oh. earlier on. He did a great job last weekend in Indianapolis, by the way. Um, in, um, in 2013 as well, he won, that was a BMW, won with the Mini in 2018. He was also on the podium here, third place in 2020. That's the most recent race he's had here, actually, at Road Atlanta. 
for Mike Lamara. But uh, yeah, those two between them, uh, plenty of miles around here. Of course, Matt Pombo, of course, he's another local driver. This is his home track too. So uh, that that whole team very excited about this weekend. We hope they can get those uh, those problems ironed out. In the TCR, it is the number 17 Audi. Mikey Taylor most recently in that. And they hold sway at the moment for the TCR cars. Still running. They don't run full power here in IMSA. They run, I think, in ni- I think it's 93%. So in other championships uh, around the world, that they have a little bit more power. Um, but it's to get the separation between the GT4 cars the GT the uh, uh, GT4 cars and the and the, the touring cars the GS cars the TCRs uh, but those cars it's manufacturer enough. built and ready to go pretty much on the button when you when you get them dropped off the trailer yeah and it's a lot closer than it, than it used to be between oh, yeah. TCR and GS in yeah. fact you speak to many of the GS drivers and they would say the TCR cars are too fast because they're awfully difficult <laughs> to get past well, in the lap times yesterday, Jeremy, they were stunningly close. Yeah. Imagine if they turned them up to 100%. <laughs> That's the Unitronic JDC car that leads from the Victor Gonzalez Racing Honda in second in TCR. And then the LA Honda World Honda, the number seven car in third position yeah. in the TCR. New fastest time overall. It's the McLaren Artura. Car number 69, Jesse Lazar goes fastest. So 125.962. That compares to 125.942 yesterday. It was fastest by Owen Trinkler. So that McLaren came on uh, massively in, in terms of competitiveness in Indianapolis last time out. It was on the pole pretty convincingly. Also set the fastest lap of the race. But fortunately had a fuel system problem with really. he Dropped it back during the race. So that, uh, that team's still looking for its first proper result of the year. Had one top ten finish and that's it. But uh, tremendous pace last time out. And here goes the Canadian Jesse Lazara fastest again in this afternoon session so far. Still with nearly 38 minutes to go. But thankfully for the team, their first win in the series was here at Michelin Raceway Road Atlanta. So at least they've got that little bit of confidence in their True. back pocket. And Jesse was one of their drivers then. Sun's just for the moment gone in behind the cloud but still dry. One or two tiny little damp patches still around the circuit. The but wind is very persistent. Oh, yeah. Well, and I think that's helped the drying here, to be yeah. honest, because it was quite humid this morning. And I didn't expect, you know, when we got here at whatever it was, quarter past seven this morning, still in the dark, and we... We're looking at how damp and greasy the track were, was when the Intermittent Mazda MX-5 Championship was out. I was thinking it would it would still be damp at lunchtime. Well, we're coming up to 20 minutes before two here, and down under the Fox Factory Bridge, through the final corner, down the front straight, there's a little bit of darker area going into the first right-hander for at turn one at pit exit there that we can see. But for the most part, I mean, it's definitely slick tyres and has been for the last couple of sessions. But this has dried out much quicker than I thought. Now, how much grip there is, because obviously you've started once again with a green track. It was very heavy rain overnight. 
how much? I'm not sure it was very heavy. It was, it was persistent. <laughs> I mean, what time did you? What, oh, when it? I when I was driving driving up from Hennessy last night, it was very heavy. Oh, right? Was it? Oh, yeah. oh yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. okay. Standing water on the. I was glad I had a Porsche all wheel drive. I'll tell you that. <laughs> it See, was, I, I turned traction control off. Yeah, of I enjoyed it. it. <laughs> of course, because you had a heavy. Yep. But it, it was raining quite significantly in this uh, region of the world. New fastest time, by the oh, way, in '99. That's VGRT. Once again, Tyler Gonzalez has leaped ahead of everyone else, and he's actually ahead of a GS car now. Kenny Murillo has just literally got out of the number seventy-two in the Murillo Racing Mercedes. Kenny, what's the track like now? Uh, it doesn't seem uh, quite one hundred percent compared to uh, yesterday afternoon, but it's getting there. The track's only going to get faster. Our, our Merlot Racing, Mercedes AMG GT4 is only going to get faster as well. So uh, really happy to be here at Red Atlanta. It's um, really a dream come true to fight for a championship in the uh, Michelin Pilot Challenge GS. And, uh, man, I'm just so excited to be in this position, so ready to, so ready for tomorrow. Yeah, you really sound up for it. Um, all that rain we had, does that really have an effect? You know, does it? We, we talk about the track being green after, after a lot of rain. Is that, do you think, what's the problem there? Yeah, I mean, it's a mixture of everything. You know, there's, um, there's some clay that's being uh, brought onto the dirt by these TCR guys for these TCR guys to really get around fast. They they, short, they shortcut a lot of the corners, which is uh, a lot of fun to watch, but not so fun to follow them through. Uh, so the track is somewhat dirty. Yeah, the wind is also pretty gusty. It doesn't really affect us too much like the GT3 guys, but uh, yeah, you definitely feel it for sure. So you're up for this championship punt. You're in third place going into this final round. I mean, can you put that championship race at the forefront of your mind? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. You know, a lot of guys like to say, oh, we're just going to treat this like any other race. But in reality, that's never really the case. So, um, yeah, we got two cars that we're racing. One, one's pretty far out of the way. We need some, we need some luck on our, on our end. But uh, second's definitely possible. Uh, there's no better crew in this paddock than the Marilla Racing guys. So if there's anybody that can really come back from a 70-point deficit, it's us. Is it important to have the two cars? I mean, there's a lot of data acquisition going on there, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we have some really great drivers under our tent. Not not just the guys driving the car, but we got guys like Tony Rivera, who's also a pro, uh, working on our car. We got my dad, who's you know very successful open wheel racing and, and closed wheel and Trans Am. So our tent is full of just really fast race car drivers, which is really great for for really anybody. So everybody's sharing data. Everybody's uh, getting together. You know, the only the only missing piece to our puzzle right now is Chef Mosing. We we really do miss him. He's such a light in our team and. Um, yeah, it's everything that we do is for him. And I mean, all right, the, the data that we talk about is a bit of a black magic thing, but can you use that second car as as maybe a buffer, which is a lot more apparent in the race? Yeah, I mean, in terms of championship, we're you know the second car has its priorities. We want to win with either car, so number one, you know, number one priority is win the race, right? And, and the results will come. So the '56 car, that's their main goal. We're uh, we're really happy to support them in that. They're really happy to support us and our goals. So. It's a really a collective team effort, and we're all just trying to achieve our, our, our goals that we set out before the weekend. Great stuff, Kenny. You're lining this up to be very, a very exciting finish tomorrow. Thanks, man. Joe Bradley with Kenny Marillo. Uh, noticing there's just a little bit of... There was, there was more than a little bit of excitement in, in Kenny's voice, being a great competitor down through the years. And how good is it to hear that excitement after we got just complete consignment in the last race he, ah, he was utterly down he was devastated wasn't yeah. he yeah so great to hear him back at his yeah. uh, back at his best improvement for Winwood Racing last time around Jeremy and Bryce Ward's really hit some form 
uh, again this season. Yeah, just up to eighth fastest, Bryce. Just 1.2 seconds off the uh, off the, the fastest time of the session. And for a uh, you know, a bronze-rated driver for Bry- like Bryce Ward, that's a really stout effort by him to be up at the sharp, you know, in the sharp end of the field. Just uh, well, it's, it's the only Mercedes faster than him. But Scott Andrews is in that car in third position, kind of a 27. Pretty remarkable effort by Bryce Ward. Really, really impressive for him. Look, it's a, it's a stacked field here in this championship, and we've seen some fabulous racing this season. That number 57 Windward car has been uh, uh, one of only three cars to win twice this season. Uh, and coming here, despite having one last time out at Indianapolis, coming here with a different uh, c- uh, colour scheme on that car, uh, it's celebrating uh, the uh, 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 breast cancer awareness initiative which is really cool to see and uh, mm. it's awfully difficult i think to change colors on the car it's just won a race so yeah hats off to that uh, windward racing team that's gone 57 black and pink this weekend they've done it for both of the cars yes. the uh, gtd car as well and they're aiming to raise fifty seven hundred dollars per car for the susan g common foundation nice five seven yep very good see what they did there yeah it's uh, it's been an up and down season for windward in both of their championship runs um, a tale of, of triumph and tragedy right the way through uh, race win lost of course for the, the GT4 car in post race tech uh, but race wins gained on the streets of uh, Detroit and last time out at Indianapolis two very different uh, two very different racetracks and Bryce Ward who is the father uh, of the two wards that are here. So it's uh, him and his son, of course, races in the WeatherTech Sports Car Championship. Him's the WeatherTech Sport Car, Sports Car Championship. And uh, still a relative newcomer, and he's done a really good job as Bryce. He loves his motor racing, enjoys every moment of it. And that is, you know, we love that. I love watching people enjoy themselves. It costs a lot of money to go motor racing. I just heard tire squeal and then what sounded like gravel being thrown aside. <laughs> Has someone gone off the track? Well, let's have a look. Uh, it was indeed the number 59 Ford ah. Mustang of Luca Mars who went off at turn six and we've got a red flag. Red flag is out, yes. Um, you mentioned the, the wards and when we're racing. Neither car is actually within the top ten of either championship, which makes them exceedingly dangerous this weekend That's in both because they are here to do one thing only. <laughs> And to be honest, they've been quite good at it lately. Yeah, that's a good point, isn't it, Jeremy? When you get to tight championships and you've got people who are looking to make sure they uh, they pick up the championship wins, then everybody else knows that and can actually play on their mind. Uh, let's Nothing have a word to with, lose. Nothing to lose. Everything to win. Uh, let's have a word with Spencer Pompelli. Uh, Nick Damon is down there. Spencer was uh, deep in thought. I, I nudged him on the shoulder. I mean, how how is the weekend going so far? <laughs> I was checking my email so you can. Well, it's like thought, isn't it? <laughs> exactly. Uh, so far, so good. You know, the uh, VGB Porsche has been pretty quick. We were uh, pretty quick yesterday. P two, I think, in the charts. Right now, we're sitting about the same spot. Uh, we made some changes, but very minor ones. And uh, pretty happy with the car so far. You know, this is a tough place because tire wear is real here. You know, some of the other tracks we go to, they don't wear so much. We have to make sure we have a good car at the start of a stint and at the end of the stint when we're really racing. But uh, if Tom can get us up front there and uh, give it to me in a good spot, I think we have a good shot. 
How is the, I mean, I've got to mention that terrible problem of balance of performance. How do you feel that's evolved, especially with the, the, the new cars coming on and different configurations of engine and drivetrain? You know, it's, uh, it's a bit above my bakery to evaluate BOP. You know, I think uh, everyone, you know, has some racetracks, some weekends where they're really good. And so everyone has weekends where they're really not, like portion of the summertime when it's hot is really uh, tough for us. But, you know, we go to a track like Daytona and uh, we do really well. So I feel like uh, everyone has to just attack when the car is good and try to salvage what you can when you're not and try to make it through the season with a more good finishes than bad. Spencer, thank you much. Yeah, thanks. Go dogs. Adam Adelson's just brought the number 47. It's the Nola Sport Porsche that Adam's driving. Adam, any idea what that red flag was about? Uh, no, we actually boxed right before it happened, so kind of perfect timing for us, but I didn't see anything out there. How's the session so far? What are you guys looking for? Um, you know, we're, we're just looking to kind of work on our driver notes a little bit. Elliot, he's a hell of a coach for me and has been, been my coach for the past few years. And, you know, we're getting into the such nitty-gritty stuff with the pace that we're driving at now. So really just for me to make sure I'm maximizing what the car has to give me. And, you know, we we're pretty confident that we got the balance where we want. We got the tire pressures where we want. We're feeling really good and we're due for a result. So that's what we're after this weekend. I've just been speaking to a driver who, who said it's just the joy of driving this track here at Road Atlanta. Can you actually enjoy a track like this in the heat of, you know, intense competition as we are? Um, you know, this is definitely one of the most intensive tracks that the uh, that we visit on the IMSA calendar. Personally, I get motion sick, and this place does me dirty with that. So, uh, you know, as much as I enjoy the technicality and the elevation change, I don't enjoy the way I feel coming out of the car. But um, it doesn't take away from the fact that the track's absolutely amazing. Thanks, Adam. Well, it's the 91 Vance Lantra that has caused the problems being picked up. We have a red flag. Now, I've been wandering down this pit lane, and I think, oh, I'm very unaware. Of but suddenly, an old friend has turned up, an old friend from... The, from Basically, as far as I'm concerned, from Graffenti, of course, a man from this side, but it's Charles Espinel. Charles, um, you know, I'm not used to seeing you in a GT4 car. I'm not used to seeing you without Charlie Putnam. So didn't you had another life. Yeah, for sure. You know, it's uh, my first time in the AMG GT4. Uh, Eric Foss and I go by Marilla Racing. We've, we've known each other for years from the Mazda days, so it's kind of old home. Charlie's a little busy right now, but it's good to see you on this side of the pond, my country. Now, i got a little bit of an advantage on you. Absolutely. Now, of course, you have the longest history, probably, of anyone for the main event. Yeah, Petit Le Mans, because you had a special role in the first one. I did. I, uh, I was fortunate enough to drive the pace car in the, in the first Petit at 98. Um, it was a Mustang. I was teaching at Bondurant at the time. We had Mustangs. I knew some guys in the officiating. They, oddly enough, never invited me back to do it. I don't, I don't think I did such a good job, but I had some fun. Was there a lot of yellow in that race? Uh, yeah, there was. There was uh, obviously, you know, you remember the Porsche flipped in that race. And uh, yeah, it was pretty eventful. We got to deploy the pace car again. My good friend Steve Massey, who still works with IMSA, is still here. We were driving it together, and, uh, you know, one time they said light it up, and, you know, I, uh, I carried the tires out of the pit lane pretty good, so that might have angered them a little bit. But it was fun. Like I said, we had a great time, and it was really cool to be part of that, that event. As you say, first time here in the GT4. Is this a prelude to a, a bigger IMSA program, be it in the main, main grid or on the sport grid? Uh, no, it's uh, just a one-off finish the season with them, uh, you know, working on some AMG points in, the, in their championship. And uh, the opportunity came by. Uh, Jeff, Eric's normal co-driver, got a little hurt. So, you know, they brought in some other co-drivers, and I was fortunate enough to be able to fill in this weekend. So, obviously, uh, we have this weekend. Are you guys uh, we're going to see you guys getting Kuwait in a few weeks' time? Uh, absolutely. We'll be, uh, we're going to plan to do Kuwait, Dubai, Abu Dhabi, do that full championship. And it looks like... Charlie will probably do Mugello and Spa because, you know, it's Italy and Spa. So, um, And then after that, we're, we're still working on the program. 
great stuff. Great to see you. Thanks so much. Good to see you. Uh, the 15 Audi RS3, the Rockwell Autosport development car. Nick Newmans has just jumped out of the car. N- Nick, how much, how tricky is it going to be keeping the life in these front tyres on this RS3? I mean, uh, few, like previous races, I've shown it's pretty hard for us. Like uh, you know, cars a little bit of an older generation. We have to push like a little bit extra hard compared to these newer cars to, you know, get the lap time out of it. So. You know, to keep the tires alive for an hour is pretty tough, but, you know, like we, both Denis and I are pretty good at tire saving, so uh, we'll, we'll manage it. It's the track, isn't it? There's lots of very fast right-handers, and that left front must take an absolute bashing. Uh, absolutely. Like, you know, even come out, coming out of the S's, it's, uh, you know, you just feel that the tires are wearing. There's a lot of camber in the, in the right-hand corners, too, so, yeah. They, uh, they definitely take a beating. And does that come to the forefront of your mind during the race when, you you know, you're in the heat of battle, etc.? Oh, absolutely. Like, um... You know, especially if you're following a pack and, you know, you know it's going to be tough to, to get around some cars. Like, you know that that's the time to start saving those tires. Like, we, we've proven that at uh, Laguna Seca this year. Like, uh, you know, I, I was, I think I started in ninth and I brought the car up to third because I just, like, saved the tires for the first part of the stint. Thanks, Nick. I can hear cars out on track. Uh, we've got green. Uh, we have indeed, Joseph. Yes, thank you very much indeed. And Nick and Joe bouncing around. So we didn't miss anything. Great work by the recovery crews down there. Turn one to get that Van der Stur racing Elantra back onto the track. It drove away. It didn't need to be towed away. That's good news. Uh, I, there was an improvement right before the red flag came out by Christian Shimjak, who we just heard from Kenny Murillo, his regular co-driver, just a few minutes ago. And he said the car was going to go quicker. Well, it did. Christian got aboard that car. And he's got it up to fifth fastest now. It's kind of a 72 in the Marilla Racing Mercedes. One of the, the uh, three main championship contenders coming into this final round of the season. They've slipped out to third position uh, at the moment uh, after a uh, disappointing run last time out in Indianapolis, but still very much in the reckoning here. And that number 72 car has been out in front of the points, I think actually since winning the uh, third race of the season Correct. out on the uh, the west coast at World Tech Raceway Laguna Seca so yeah, they've, uh, they've been out in front for, for most of the year and they want to get back to the front when it matters most that'll be tomorrow afternoon May I just present to the court two drivers <laughs> and two cars that we should keep our eyes on the first of which is Eric Foss who is coming around to complete his lap now red flag is back out so he will not turn get three. to complete his lap turn three uh, impact three. at turn three I uh, can't see it from here I could see the white and blue of the Van der Stur car. Got a couple of cars waiting, ready to go out, including the 59 court Mustang, which is now pulling behind the wall. Behind the wall. So, well, how long have we got left? 21 minutes. They might yeah. just cycle back round to their pit, of course. Uh, and Nick Deming can tell us of another car that's gone behind the wall. It's, but just before that, Nick, it is the Rockwell Auto Development Audi, the RS3 LMS, the sequential car that's uh, gone off at turn three. And you had another another competitor going behind the wall on in the support pits here. Yeah, it was a 73, the LA World Honda that's had all these problems. Now, they, they had, I noticed, got a complete new set of coils, uh, individual coils, and it's not a coil pack, it's a coil per cylinder. Um, but now what's happened, I've noticed, is the, I think the team cars also, um, is that crap wrap? No, the team car went to the end of the pit lane. I thought it was coming around the, pit, around the back. So it's just the 73 is having problems. They can't fix that. They're throwing all sorts of electrical items and turbo items onto it. Because all that's happening is they're losing all the free practice. Yeah, good point. Well, we'll try and track down the issue there as everybody peels back. 
into the pit lane. This is the second free practice session for IMSA Michelin Pilots Challenge. And this is our second red flag of the season. Uh, let's take this opportunity. Hey, nothing going on the track. Let's find out as much as we can from the driver's eye point of view. And Joe Bradley is in the pit lane. I'm very good. Sally McNulty's just asking me how I am. Um, how, I, how am I, Sally? How are you in the number 70? What is that, by the way? I can't uh, tell from here. That's the number 70 Borla Exhaust Blaster Products Hyundai Elantra NTCR car. It's well disguised with that livery, isn't it? I couldn't tell what that was. Um, how am I? I'm fabulous. The sun's come out. It's at, we're at Road Atlanta. You're driving your race car. That uh, uh, doesn't get much better, does it? No, no. It can't get much better than this. Here, uh, you know, I think I I started at a track day, and now I'm here racing in IMSA. It's really a dream come true, so it's a fantastic day. <laughs> I mean, you're racing in, effectively, the second division of endurance racing in the United States. Um, did, did you? Ju- I was going to ask, actually, how you got involved. I mean, you know, women in motorsports, there's a big talking point, isn't it, in getting women to the very top of the sport, i.e. Formula One, IndyCar. Um, but there's lots of women racing and competing everywhere else. Uh, yes, I mean, there's women racing everywhere. In every form of motorsport, there's women out there, and, and you can do it. I started in a track day. I really loved it, and I worked hard, and I got my professional race license. I started professional racing back in 2019, and IMSA has always been my goal this whole entire time. I don't think I've ever missed an IMSA race except for the last four because I've been racing here, which is pretty fantastic, and it's just thanks to Hyundai and Diley Motorsports for really giving me a chance. And how was your session now? You've already been out in the car. You're happy so far? Oh, fantastic. You know, it's a big learning curve jumping into a car like this. I'm not really used to a full-blown race car. And I'm definitely, we're dropping some time, getting faster out there, learning the track. I haven't been here in a while. So, but it's a lot of fun and I'm enjoying every moment of it. Down the pit lane slightly with the 9800 Hyundai, I can't say Hyundai Elantra. It's a, a terrible thing with Mason Felipe Mason. Car is in third place in the championship. What do you have to do or can you do to win overall? Yeah, I think we're going to try to take it like every weekend and just see how the race plays out. But we're going to focus forward, try to go for the win. And Mark is, is awesome here. And it's one of our favorite tracks here at Road Atlanta. And so our Hyundai, it's really hooked up around this track. And so we can see what we could do. You just hopped out of the car after a few laps. How is the actual track surface itself after that massive wash it got overnight? No, it, it still feels good. And uh, like I said, our Hyundai Elantra and TCR cars, they love this high speed you know, edgy stuff, especially go down through the S's. So it should be a lot of fun in the race tomorrow. The Hyundai's haven't been as dominant this year as last year. Is that um, other teams catching up? I mean, it, it all depends. You know, it's a, it's a little bit slower on the straightaways, like at Indy, for example. But here we can really carry the speed through those corners. So we're looking for a good race. Great stuff. Thank you. Thanks. This is one of these seasons where all of a sudden, Brian Hurd Autosports has not run away with the Manufacturers Championship, Jeremy, and it still can be won by just about anyone because Alpha's had three wins, Audi now has had four, Hyundai's had two, but both of them have come from the car that we just heard from, the 98. Wow. Mark Wilkins and Mason Felipe. Yeah, the uh, the overall championship leaders, number 33 car, Harry Gottsacker and Robert Wickens, lead the points, but no wins, and that's uh, that rankles. But uh, hey, the championship is what it's all about here. Uh, and as you say, coming into this final round, Audi leads Hyundai by 40 points. So uh, for, for Hyundai to win the championship, they would need pretty much need to win. Uh, and the Audi, best of the Audis, finishing third of the manufacturers. If, if, it's, a, mm. if it's a 
a Hyundai one two three four, that doesn't make any difference. If the fifth place car was an Audi, it would get second place manufacturer points, and that by ten would be enough for Audi to take the championship. So it's all going to come down to the, to this final race of the season, which is cool. You know, in the uh, the drivers and team points, just twenty points separating the number thirty three car from number seventeen. Uh, Hyundai from uh, from Audi, but the uh, manufacturer's Audi has that uh, slight edge. So if they finished one position on the track, if they finished second and third, for example, with the 17 ahead of the 33, the 17 takes it on a tie break because they have more oh, wins wow. than the 33. Right. Mm. Right. Okay, so we'll have to have the abacus out as well. Um, let's uh, head to Nick, who's with Mikey Taylor out of Audi number 17. Mikey, it's incredibly close to the top of the uh, championship. Don't tell me you're going to treat this race like any other. I mean, how much extra pressure, how much excitement is there a chance you could win the championship tomorrow? Uh, there's a lot of pressure. we got a lot of great people out here, a lot of friends and family. So obviously we want to do it for them and, and for the team that's worked so hard all year. You're in a Hyundai sandwich, aren't you, with the, with the Audi? I mean, do you feel that that gives them an advantage, their weight of numbers of cars at the front? Oh, 100%. They have uh, three factory cars to play with and move around and and a couple other customer cars, and we're a lone Audi effort, you know, in JDC, Miller, Unitronic, and I think we've just done a great job as a team to compete against uh, such a big effort. How much of an interruption is this? You are the one car that can gather information for Audi. They, uh, they can share information, but you're losing all this track time, these problems. Is this a major disadvantage for you guys? Yeah, we didn't race here last year, and this is a new car for us, so we're really just trying to get up to speed with it. There's a lot of things we're trying and, and making some adjustments with our engineer, Cole, so... Kind of a, a up and down session here with so many reds. So when you do come to a track you've not been to before, the car you've not been to before, I mean, do you just drop it down the ground with the settings you had last time at Indy, or do you do a bit of kind of pre-setup on the uh, on the sim rigs? Well, we're able to use some of the setup from like some of the other races, Virginia, which we did extremely well at, um, Indianapolis. So we can use some of that and kind of mesh it together. But the changing the changing track conditions here, you know, it's it's a kind of a gamble for us. And tire wear much more prevalent here, isn't it? Yeah, we haven't been able to do a long run, so we really don't know on that side of things. So, uh, yeah, I guess we'll learn in the race. Crystal, thanks, Monkey. Thank you. Just so, so many permutations uh, here in the major championships and uh, IMSA Mission and Pilot Challenge delivering uh, again for this year. We've had a solid sort of mid-30s, mid to late-30s entry all the way through the season, and it looks something similar for next year again, uh, just been announced the full season uh, entry for uh, WeatherTech and talking to the guys in the paddock uh, prior to and post Indianapolis and also uh, this week already. Uh, there's okay, there's some people that we don't know what they're doing, and, and particularly we think of, of Rebel Rock because that Camaro's done and, and we're not sure what the replacement for that will be. Uh, and but they want to come back, and they they were hoping to step up into into WeatherTech. That didn't happen for them. But great entertainment once again, Jeremy from uh, from the two categories here, and the different manufacturers all having a little run in the sun at the front of the field, particularly in the GS category. Yeah, I mean it's been a fantastic season in that championship. We've had you know, wins for Mercedes, for BMW, for Chevrolet for Ford and for Toyota. So the only manufacturers that haven't yet won a race this season are Porsche, surprisingly, yeah. although they've had uh, a couple of second, three second, second place finishes. Uh, and then um, 
the Aston Martin hasn't won either this season. They've only had one podium finish actually this year. So it's been a disappointing season for Aston Martin. And then the McLaren, uh, which is um, looking for its first win is for the Artura GT4. But we've seen some fantastic racing. All the second place finishes for the Porsche, Jeremy, happened within the first four races, though, didn't they? Daytona, yeah. um, and then WeatherTech Race with Laguna Seca and Detroit. Yeah, so I that's mean, a it, long dry spell. It is. I mean, they've been knocking on the door. They've had some good runs, but had some dif- difficulties running out of fuel or mm. you know, getting the fueling systems wrong, whatever it might be. They haven't got those results lately. But so the cars have certainly been fast in the last few races. But you look at the, at the time charts now. It's a McLaren at the top, Porsche second, Mercedes third, Toyota fourth. Then the Mercedes and another Porsche. Then the best of the Aston Martins. There's uh, a Ford inside the top 10. BMW. The best of BMWs at the moment is only 12th. Down in the pit lane, out of the 25 Hyundai, it's uh, Rob Wickens. Rob, um, you are lead the championship, which is fantastic news, but, but without a win. How, how much of a, uh, a monkey on your shoulder is that? Well, if we still win the championship, I don't really care. So, I mean, you know, it's not through... Uh Lack of effort and lack of trying has just been um, one of those years where we put ourselves in winning contention several times this year, and we and we didn't come out on the better end of it. But the good thing is, you know, we're entering the season finale here with the points lead. Anything can happen here this weekend. And this is this is the point normally where you just go for the result. You don't you don't go for the win this last race because you just want to get enough points to win. Well, I mean, yeah, but I think how close a championship is, a win would sure uh, seal the deal, right? And I think for us. It'll be a well-deserved victory on, on all accounts for, for how our season's progressed and how it's gone. So we're going to do everything we can. It's been uh, a bit of a frustrating two days. With, it seems like I can't find a, a clear lap if my life depended on it. So it's always traffic or disruptions on track for people driving off or red flags or whatever. So I think I've done one uh, uninterrupted lap so far this weekend. It does sound like Road Atlanta, to be honest. Um, so the Hyundai, I mean, how, do you, how did it, you know, given the fact you haven't done a complete lap, I'm sure you put together your sectors, how is it actually feeling? Is it, does it come off the truck in a, in a good condition? Yeah, we're good. I think we're struggling generally for, uh, for a bit of pace, um, but I think that's a, bit, a little bit expected for, for this circuit and our, and our car's strengths and weaknesses. So I, I think we're going to keep our head down, keep plugging away, make sure we can give ourselves the best package that we can at Brian Hurd Autosport and Hyundai and See, uh, see how we qualify tomorrow morning and then head into the race. Thanks, Robert. Thank you. Seven podium finishes out of nine races this season for Robbie Wickens and Harry Gotsako. It's been a tremendous year for them. They've come agonizingly close on so many occasions to getting that, that first win of the season. It's been sort of snatched away at the last minute, it seems like, Shay, with a, as uh, Robbie was alluding to there, just a variety of things. But, boy, it's been a great season uh, yeah, it, it, it'll be, it'll rankle if they don't win for, for sure. But yeah, hang on, uh, I've they're just certainly going to be in contention. I've just looked look pragmatic in the dictionary. Yeah, There's a there picture of Robert Wickens yeah, smiling no back right. at me because if he wins the championship, not getting the W will mean not a jot. If they lose out in a tight fight and don't win this last race to somebody who does, then yeah, I that I can understand that one. It's the mark you said consistency, Jeremy. It's putting together a season where you don't have a bad race. But when we started talking about previous iterations of this championship, Jeremy, you could have a bad race or two. Yeah. Now, you can barely be off the podium if yeah. you want to be in with a chance of the championship. That's right. I mean, you know, seven out of nine podiums. The other finishes were a, a fifth and a sixth. So, you know, 
It's been tremendous. And, and, and you know, Hyundai's looking pretty good this week so far. Uh, Tyler Gonzalez was quickest yesterday in the, the privateer car, number 99 car for Victor Gonzalez racing team. Quickest again this afternoon is Tyler Gonzalez. Uh, and the uh, interestingly, second fastest this afternoon is the number one car with uh, young Bryson Morris making his debut in this championship this weekend. It's he that set that second fastest time uh, at a, uh, a 128.7. So a couple of tenths behind Tyler Gonzalez. But for the first time in, in this sort of a car for 19-year-old Bryson Morris from Tennessee, good effort. He was sharing that car this weekend with Taylor Hagler. Uh, Michael Lewis, unfortunately, who's, who's won the last two championships with Taylor, he's not... Uh, He's not uh, cleared to drive after an incident at Indianapolis a few weeks ago, so we wish him a speedy recovery. But Bryson Morris certainly has done a super job so far. His first ever time. He hadn't tested the car at all, hadn't driven the car prior to this morning, or yesterday, I should say. Before the red flag came out, I was presenting to the uh, jury evidence of cars that we should keep an eye on. The other car was Robin Liddell, who has just jumped up to second in the Rebel Rock Camaro. So while we see if he can improve upon that time, let's check in in the pit lane. Uh, it would be remiss of me not to have a chat to Kevin Wheeler, the KW of KMW Motorsports running the Alpha. Kevin, I just wanted to get your reflections on the 2023 season. How's it been for you? Well, overall, the season's been really good. We were had a great car. We won some races this year. Unfortunately, the last two events we were at, we ended up with crashes. So it kind of took us out of the hunt for any kind of championship. But we're here to win this race this weekend and show the Alpha's still strong and, and running good. Tim and Roy are doing an excellent job. Um, That's what we're looking forward to, winning this race. Get, our, get, get back on our feet again. The Alfa Romeo is a fan favorite, it's got, it's got to be said. What, what was the choice process? Why the Alfa? Uh, the Alfa was just sort of something that happened. Our good friend of ours, Tim Monday, um, from Champion, had uh, brought the Alfa in a few years ago and looked into it, racing it in TCR and when the class was just starting, and then we tested it, tested it one weekend, and the drivers liked it, and there you went with the Alpha. It took us a, year, a season or so to sort it out, get all the bugs out of it, but it's a good car. It's fast. It has its ups and downs. Certain tracks, it's better than others. But overall, it, it's a good car, and, and Lewis and, and made it very reliable with figuring out what the car needed, and um, we've got it to turn into a good car. Have you still got the second car? Yeah, we still have both cars. And, and what's the plan? Is it the plan to fill that? Well, right now we, we're, we're looking into next year um, discussing that. We'd probably only do one more again and keep one as a backup <laughs> car, but you never know. I think John's just told me Tim Lewis has gone quickest there. Oh, okay. I didn't know that, so that's good to know. For a second, then. Someone's pipped him. Oh, I'll, come and, I'll come and talk to you at the check-in flag tomorrow, Kev. Yes, I hope so. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Thanks, man. Thanks a, for talking to us. It's been a great effort, that. Yeah. Something a bit different. In, in a world where... You know, the, and, and we understand this. In a, in a world where that sort of that sort of size of car that is turned into a TCR car, a four or five door hatchback, um, is governed by pedestrian safety, by aero and by wind tunnel, you park an Alpha in a car park. It looks like an Alpha. It's got that shield on the front. You're not going to mistake it for anything else. And it's exactly the same on the racetrack. It looks like nothing else. And and I love seeing that car going around. I'm, I'm not allowed to have favourites, but I did have a Giulietta as a long-termer for a while. And I loved that car. It was a six-speed manual, quadrifolio line, with a diesel engine, believe it or not. And we went all of... Joe and I actually drove most of, of Europe in it. Went to the Nürburgring, went to Dijon. 
past Spa. Actually, we did Spa first, then Nürburgring, then Dijon, down to Barcelona, and then came back via Clermont-Ferrand and a couple of other places. And it was a cracking road trip. And it was, and uh, it was, it was the perfect little hot hatchback. I have to say, I wasn't convinced to, that when I, I realised which car we were going to take, but it actually we bonded with that car on that trip, and it was great. It had fantastic character, and fair play to to Kid to to care for for bringing that car. And look at the success they've had with it. They've won at almost every track on the schedule. They won here a couple years ago. So they have had a really good job. Uh, They've done a really good job of perfecting that car and making it super competitive to the point where it is a championship contender year in and year out. Speaking of championship contenders, we mentioned that number 98, the uh, other Brian Hurta Autosport with Kerr and Hyundai, that is still in the championship. That car, third in points and 130 out from the lead but would you like to hazard a guess as to how many visits to the podium it's had through nine races that would be seven the exact same as the car leading the championship they want to finish third and all the rest of them but they have two dnfs and that's the difference between them and their sister car leading the way in points and, and yeah. there you go what were we saying you can't have a bad you can't have one bad weekend never mind two bad weekends yeah, Mark Wilkins, uh, he's now up to, well, he was 18th overall. He's just been bummed down by somebody. I'm not quite sure who that was nipped ahead of him. But uh, he was... Kenton, I think. Was it Kenton Cook? Yeah. Uh, so Mark Wilkins, yes. 19th at the moment. In number 98, fastest now of TCRs. We saw the Alpha go to the top. Then he was uh, pipped by Mark Wilkins, who's gone quicker again. Then 127.694, the fastest in this session for the Canadian, Mark Wilkins. Fastest time yesterday... In the 27th three. Hmm. So, uh, got a couple of tenths, a couple of three tenths to find to match the best time from yesterday. Condition's pretty good right now, though. Uh, but some, some good improvements there. Also, Denny Dupont now up into third position for the Rockwell Autosport Development Team. That's the older Audi, the sequential gearbox car, number 15, third fastest in TCR. Just two and a half minutes to go in this session already. Yeah, time flies when yeah, you're having fun. Good, Improvement there for Thiago Camilo also, the Brazilian in the Toyota Gazoo Racing South America entry. That's number 14 Toyota GR Supra GT4. The, the other Toyota of uh, Hattori Motorsports is currently in the fifth, sixth position. That's car number 50. That's uh, time set very early on by Billy Johnson. Seth's times have still been very strong today, though, as far as a second driver goes, or first driver, I guess it would be, when we get into the race conditions. That car will be strong once again. Great livery on it this weekend, too, silver and black. Do have a bit of a soft spot for those colors. Just an update on where the championship runners are in the field right now. Uh, The 96 Turner Motorsport BMW, Robbie Foley behind the wheel, currently sits 27th overall, 23rd out of 24 GS cars. The Rebel Rock Camaro is second. Robin Liddell brought it up to that position. Uh, Just a tenth and a half off the fastest lap time. And third in points would be the 72 Murillo racing entry. That car is seventh. So still waiting to see any form of pace from Turner. Or any of the BMWs. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm starting to get worried. A second and a half off the pace. Was that Kenton? 
who did who's the best of the BMWs right now? Uh, Kenton Cook and the yeah. Random Vandals. Yeah. Well, you got bidding one point one. Hmm. Well, you don't need the fastest car to win the race. That's We've exactly seen that right. over and over and over again. That's exactly right, Cheryl. Coming down then to the last 40 seconds. Two Toyotas running in tandem there. <gasps> number 50 and number 14. And Tiago Camelo was actually the driver who joined uh, last year into this Toyota for this race. So he's got a bit of experience here, Jeremy, in the car from, from oh, yeah. running it last year. Yeah, yeah, he's done quite a few races now in, the, in that car. And yeah. He's always been fast. I mean, yeah. Very successful in in uh, in South America, Tiago Camilo got a lot of success in in a bunch of different series in South America. Check and flag is out and waving, and the first car to see it, I think, was the number one Taylor Hagler behind the wheel. And yep, she's being credited with having passed the checkered flag. We'll keep an eye on the times to see if anyone changes, but there are no personal best sector times, at least not in GS right now. Uh, Denis Dupont is on a flyer, though. Can the young man get the car to the front of the TCR field? It's a big ask to try and get that time of Mark Wilkins, but he's pushing. Gottsacker jumps to second. Good effort from Harry there. Pushes Tim Lewis down to third. We're waiting for Denis Dupont to come through the final sector. He'll see on his dash if it's a good lap. So if he stays out, that'll give us a good indication. And no, he comes into the pit lane. Anybody else out there at the moment? Wait for Anton Diaz Pereira to come around. Daniel Morad's in the windward number 57 still to finish. At the moment, it's Artura from McLaren, from the Camaro from Porsche, from two Mercedes. Morad has pitted, so no improvement there. No uh, improvement for Diaz Pereira. So I think that's everybody through. Moise Aretsky just to come through. In in the TCR class, so Harry Gottsacker, as Shea said, uh, moved up to second position. Tyler Maxson, though, right in behind him there in that Van der Stur race in car number 91. That was the car that, that caused one of the reds earlier on in the session. But up to third place at the end, they won 28.089 for Tyler Maxson, so within a tenth uh, yes, of a was. second. Yes, yeah, it was. The blue and white 91 car yeah, was off a of turn one. Was, wasn't it? Yeah. Rear grip was the problem with that, I was hearing from the, yeah. uh, the team. So lost the back end going through turn one. Pretty scary moment. Good comeback for them then to be in the top three at the end of this uh, free practice session two for the Michelin Pilot Challenge. Thank you to Shane Jeremy, who joined me, John Heindorf, in the booth. It was Nick and Joe down in the pit lane. It will be qualifying for the IMSA Michelin Pilot Challenge when they are next on track. And, of course, we have the race for you live in sound and vision from Michelin Raceway Road, Atlanta. Thanks for joining us on RS2, the home of IMSA Radio. This programme is a Radio Show Limited production. For more, check imsaradio.com and subscribe to IMSA Radio wherever you get your podcasts.